You're listening to the God-Centered Mom Podcast with me, Heather McFadden. As the mom to four young boys, I know motherhood's hard, but sometimes I think I make it even harder than it needs to be. I'll worry about my needs being met or I'll spend so much energy trying to make my boys happy that I forget that if I would take my eyes off me and my eyes off my kids and keep my eyes on God, that those desires would grow strangely dim and their contentment would go up as I'm led by his spirit. I also forget that I'm surrounded by God. He is going before me in places that I'm fearful of. He is walking with me on the hard days and he's coming behind me, redeeming any mistake I made. So each week I'll interview a new guest and we'll discuss what it means to be a God-centered mom. Thanks for listening. Nobody tells men, nobody teaches men this stuff, to be honest. They just tell them to go to work, work really hard, be persistent, and be a good guy. But they don't really prepare them for, what do you do when just things are out of control at your house? Which is pretty much just normal life. You're listening to episode 69 of the God Center Mom podcast. I am back with Kirk Martin. Y'all responded so well to his last episode, episode 62, uh, where he helped us stop yelling, lecturing, and power struggles. But I think I need to go back and listen to it again. I've already forgotten so many things. Kirk uh, writes over at CelebrateCalm.com. He speaks uh, nationally, and he has some great stuff available free online. If you go to the show notes, you can find that. Today, he's back helping us with our strong-willed kiddos. I love how he kind of defines them and gives positive words because we know that they have a bright future, even though sometimes in the heat of the moment, it can feel like prison maybe in their future. But we we want to believe the best and we want them to do their best, but we don't know how and it becomes a battle. And so I feel like his advice today, it was so helpful to me to reframe uh, how I see my boys and how I interact with my boys. He also gives a couple other tips that were helpful to me and um, has a couple of words of advice for the dads out there. So even if your husband listens to the first few minutes of the episode, I think your family will be blessed. So let's get right to it. Here we go. Hey, Kirk. Welcome back to the God Center Mom podcast. Hey, Heather. It's good to be here again. I, I've told you this, right, just when I called you just now, but your last interview was amazing and resonated with so many of my listeners and actually like pumped up my listenership like a lot because wives were sharing with their husbands. (laughs) Yes, that's helpful. And couples were connecting on how do we stay calm when we want to just lecture and yell and, you know, threaten our kids. So thank you so much. Oh no, I'm thrilled. You do an awesome job with this. I'm glad I'm glad to hear that um women are getting their husbands involved with it too. So yeah. Yeah. that's a good thing. Yeah. As we were saying, like I feel I went to mops and I was reading all the parent books and I'm <laughs> getting input input all the time. And then I'd see my husband doing something that my mop speaker just told me was a big no no. But I'm stuck in this position because I don't want to correct him. I'm already correcting the children all day. And you know what? Yeah, that's tricky. It's tricky because especially when you have a challenging child. Yeah. Now, this is a little bit of a stereotype, but it's generally true. I mean, mom tends to be the one input, reading, reading, working, staying up at night, thinking about it, worrying about it. Yeah, wanting to do the and, right thing. Yeah, and wanting to do the right thing. And, and you, you love your kids and you're trying to understand the more challenging ones. And dads love their kids too. 
but oftentimes we have that my way or the highway approach work for my dad. It's going to work for me. Yeah. Yeah. And then puts the wife in the position. Do I protect my child or undermine my husband? And so it's really important to try to get on the same page. So we can try to work that in today and do some, you know, some practical things. If you don't mind, I'll just throw a couple out. Yeah, let's do it. Um, Because I know as a man, men tend not to listen to their wives. But if a stranger tells <laughs> you're them not supposed to give that secret away, <laughs> then all of a sudden it's true. Okay, yeah. And so, so you know, one thing I like to do with men is analogies. And if you talk to your husband, and say, you know what, you're, you're watching sports and you notice that quarterback on the football field, when things aren't going right, he doesn't come into the huddle like screaming at his players, pointing fingers. He gets down on one knee and calls everybody around him. Hmm. And I like to use that analogy for men instead of Here's the basic overview. Do the opposite of what you're doing now because what you're doing now isn't working. And if you did that at your job, you'd have been fired a long time ago. So instead of coming in, kind of stomping in, because what happens is I see that my wife's upset because she's been with the kids. Well, that makes me upset. And so I immediately go after the kids, but I start yelling at them, Mm -hmm. kind of stomping around. They disappear. There's tears. And so instead, what if the dad walked in through the front door, got down on one knee, because there's something magical about getting down on the floor with your kids. I get down on one knee and I kind of call a family huddle Mm. and the kids come around me and then I can affirm good things in them. If I need to correct them, I can do it, but I'm doing it from a place of more of a calm leadership position than kind of the threatening and yelling. And then my wife can breathe okay, I don't have to manage the big guy's emotions today because I've just managed all the kids. And so, you know, military leaders, we look at how they lead and men in everyday life lead in a very calm, confident way. Mm. It's just that when we walk through the door of our home, we've never been really told how to do this, right? Like Mm. I can work, I can work a job 24 hours a day. And if there's a problem at work, I get excited about it. Because yeah. I'm going to work at that. I'm going to problem solve. But when I walk through the door of my home, I don't know what to do with people's emotions. It's, it's yeah. scary to me. And, and, and I don't know what to do when a kid's melting down. My wife is upset. That's yeah. why I'd rather, you know, just disappear to the basement or just, you know, travel all the time. Yeah. So well, Yeah. And there's probably a couple of reactions men do, either attacking and authoritative or just total retreat and just kind of check shut out. Shut down. Yeah. Yeah. I did both. Because yeah. I was a superman. <laughs> so <laughs> he after, says confidently, I could try both of those approaches. Yeah, yeah, that's, I mean, it's Well, yeah, true. Well, well, I did the my way or highway yelling. But yeah. when that didn't work, then I was like, you know, just forget it. Nobody wants to listen to me around here. Mm. And then I did kind of that um, guilt trippy, pity party yeah. kind of thing. And I just went to the basement and watched sports said, you know what, honey? You handle it all because you're so good at all this. I'll just go pay, uh, you know, get a paycheck. You know, what? I'll give you one idea, Heather, that I love. Yeah. And if you can picture this, and single moms, you're going to have to do this a little differently. But can you imagine in a home, seriously, if a dad came in, husband came in, and say you've got two kids, or in your case, like 18. <laughs> and he comes kids. in yeah. and he says, hey, kids, you know what? I love my time with you. I love playing with you. I love connecting with you. It's awesome. But you know what I really cherish? I cherish alone time with my wife. Mm -hmm. So one night a week, I'm going to light a candle and I'm going to put that in the kitchen. And when you see that candle in the kitchen, that means I get undivided attention and time with my wife. 
It also means you are not invited. Just for the sweet moms out there, I wasn't being mean. I didn't say like, I hate your guts because you're irritating, annoying. I just said, you're not invited because they're not invited. Mm. And so I put on a little movie or a video and I know parents are always like, oh, I'll never use TV as a babysitter. Really? <laughs> I will. Okay. 30 minutes isn't going to kill your kids. Three yeah. hours of Jerry Springer will. <laughs> but, you know, for 30 minutes, yeah. I the, put the, on the building video. into your relationship is outweighs the 30 minutes of TV. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And, yeah. You, and you know what? And and can you imagine the kids looking in and saying, my mom and dad are talking to each other. Yeah. And I start at 30 minutes because the truth is, if you have many kids, you may not have had a good conversation with your spouse for like a decade. <laughs> and so you're going to be like, so crazy weather lately, huh? <laughs> because the rule is you can't talk about the kids. You have to kind of reconnect. But yeah. what's very grounding for the kids is there is a visual thereof. Hey, when I see that candle lit, I guarantee you when they're 90 years old, they're going to remember that candle lit meant my mom and my dad had time together. It's yeah. just a, it's one small thing, but I guarantee you with behavior, it will make a huge difference just from There's mom and dad. There's a comfort. There's a, yeah, there's, a there's a stability. They're good. They're right. happy. They're calm. They're connected. I can be calm and connected because I, I trust that they're they're making that a priority. And the, and our culture doesn't really emphasize that. No. And you're gonna you know the hard thing for for busy moms is you're really gonna have to simplify your life and just cut out a lot of this stuff because you can't yeah. be super mom mom and you can't get it all done and your kids don't have to go everywhere. Yeah. And, and but see, no one's going to no one's going to make that decision. The school's not going to give your kids less homework. No. You're going to have to be able to say, I get to determine what my family life is like, not everybody else. Well, what's and, good about what you're saying too is that you know, we hire babysitters and we go out on dates or we connect on the couch after the kids are in bed. But there is something that would be nice for them to see. And, and my boys see like before Bruce goes off to work, we'll stop and we'll pray. And, you know, we right. we, you know, hug each other and we'll pray for each other right there. And the boys see that and they know that's a priority for us. That's awesome. But that's and it's it's a two minute thing. But I think, it you know, it would be helpful for them to just see us talking reasonably, not that's like. Nice. Like sit down at dinner. There's no conversation happening at dinner. No, no. Put your, get your, put your, put your. Stop uh, spitting just, your pineapple gonna, all over the plate. Exactly. That was just last night. That was just last night. Exactly. It's yeah. like, mom. At least I'm eating pineapple. We're, we're eating something. Yeah. I think I think that that's a really really good tip. Plus, for, do you know what else? What? I just saved you a hundred dollars from your babysitter. <laughs> So there you go for two hours. It's ridiculous. Yeah, these I know days. it's a lot. Yeah, especially when you have eighteen kids. Yes. It takes a special person. Well, um, so I love that you were on here. I love that you're giving our dads tips. And there was such a, such good feedback from listeners on just the need for help with challenging children. And one specific need that came up over and over again was, were these strong-willed kids, you know. Right. It's one thing to say, Kirk says, oh, yeah, invite them into your calm place. But what if, like, we have to be somewhere? Or in my case, we were at SeaWorld, and my strong-willed kid just refused to walk. He's just not walking anymore. He just won't do it. And he's giant. And I could pick him up. But it, this battle started brewing between he and I of of refusal to do anything then from the rest of the day. So whether we have a place to go and we need them to do what we're asking or be a participant in what we're doing— 
what how do we handle these strong-willed kids who put their feet down and like it's almost like they have cement blocks that are holding yes, them they back. Do. Yeah. So can what I do we ba- do? Can I back up yeah. and then we'll work toward the Sea World example because I know it's <laughs> awesome because you just paid like $800 per child and then one's million, like yeah. Sea World's boring. Yeah. Stupid. Yeah. And you're I like, don't want to walk. You're yeah. going to enjoy SeaWorld, whether you like it or not, kid, because this just took our year's worth of savings for this. <laughs> so so I'll, I'll give – just so people know kind of who we're talking about, whatever yeah. term you want to use. I don't think strong-willed is a, is a negative term. I like a child that has a very strong sense of confidence. They know what they want, right? And these, like these are the kids who they go to bed at night and they don't sleep because they're up all night thinking and scheming out of, uh, of ways to get out of things. And when they wake up in the morning – they just have this very strong sense of purpose, right? They've got an agenda mm-hmm. and they know what they want to do and they know what they don't want to do. And pretty much what they don't want to do is everything you want them to do or a teacher wants them to do. So it's constant power struggles over everything. Yeah. And I will tell you, it often looks like it's just defiance or disrespect. And sometimes it is, but I'd encourage you know all of us to look at look at it this way. I think for most of these kids... They're very bright kids. They're thinkers. They're good critical thinkers. And so I think rather than just uh, looking at a kind of defiant child, I'll often see a frustrated child. Mm. I'll see an overwhelmed child. Mm. I'll see a child who feels helpless at times because I'll just tell you with these kids, they don't feel like they fit in. They're different. Yeah. You know, and I can say this, you can't maybe, well, you can say you're actually very honest with I'll your stuff. Whatever, I appreciate yeah. it. Yeah, I know. Punch your kids in the face. I, I right? would punch them in the face for real. <laughs> Before we got on this podcast, she's like, what do you do when you just want to punch your kids in the face? And I was like, you can't say that you publicly. Can't. You can't. When you feel it. You I feel. didn't say you did it, but you just feel it. You, you feel know, it. That's a good you're point, absolutely mother. frustrated. Because you're going – because being calm doesn't mean you're like some Zen master who's like, oh, I love everybody I'm in the centered. minute. I love <laughs> no, I'm so off center right now. Yeah. But despite that, I know that if I lose my calm and I lose control of my emotions, the child's in control, I'm going to escalate and it's going to get nastier. So even though I am frustrated and want to strangle this child, I'm not because that just doesn't work. Yeah. So so a frustrated child, a um, you know, a really overwhelmed child. So I'm just going to, if you don't mind, and you can interrupt me, I'll go through a few kind of overall things so we can get an understanding of what's going on in their brain. So one, you've got very bright kids. So I always make things a challenge. And I know it will will sound, it'll be frustrating because if you are not a strong-willed person, you'll you'll be saying this, all I asked my child to do was one simple thing. And if he had done it, it would have taken three and a half minutes, but instead he chose to argue for three and a half hours and lose everything that he owns. Yeah. And so there is this part of they like to experiment and they like things to be a challenge. So when we had kids in our home and we had 1,500 of these kids in our home over the course of a decade, that just they were my guinea pigs. I just made it a challenge. Everything was a challenge. Everything was more difficult. If they had to sweep the floor, I'd make them do it um, with a broom behind their back and between their legs going backwards. And they loved it because, one, it was different and they liked that. And two, they like the challenge of it. And they're they're very experiential kind of kids, right? Mm. And that's why, you know, in school, I'll often ask teachers, you know what, if you would just let this child do his schoolwork or take a test while he's sitting underneath his desk, mm. he would 
love it and he'd do better. And people are always, oh, isn't he, is he, is he going to feel weird? They already feel a little bit different, right? They, they mm-hmm. kind of know they're not the typical children, but they like doing things more difficult. So make things a challenge. And here's, here's a big word that I would throw out there, which is ownership. And if you have a strong-willed child, I, you know, I'd really write this word down. And so here's what it is to me. I never give a child control of my home or classroom, but I always give them ownership. Mm. And ownership to me, if you think about it, Heather, now you're super young, which is annoying. But when <laughs> I'm not as young as you think. When I was, you'd have very good skincare then. Oh, okay. Or your picture right, up on yes, my I'm screen is from like 1990. Yeah, well, well yeah, yeah. But, yeah. Well, I'm, I'm nearing 40. I think that's, I think that's oh, older. That's so yeah, that's horrid. I'm almost 50, so stop. So, so I have a sister who's, well, older than you. So there you wow. go. See, there I'm not go. as young as you think. Okay. Okay, so well, I'm, back, I'm, I'm, back I'm old. Back when we were kids, back yeah. when we were kids, we yes. would come home from school about yes. 3 o'clock, 3.30, and we were gone. And nobody knew what we were doing. Oh, yeah. We did mischievous stuff. Yeah. But think about it, Heather. How many decisions did we make as kids when there wasn't an adult around? Exactly. Yeah. Tons. And yeah. now, but now you've got a bright, will, uh, a bright, strong willed child who gets up at 622 in the morning and we got to go. We got to go because you got to get dressed. We got to eat healthy. You got to get dressed, mm-hmm. brush your hair, brush your teeth, got to go to school. Then mm-hmm. we've got Taekwondo and piano practice and then you've got your homework and then we, and there's never a chance for them to really own any choices. So I know people will tell you, if you've got a strong willed child, you better clamp down on him. But I mm-hmm. guarantee that will create so much defiance. So rather than create like this little box, I create a big box. So picture kind of this big, huge box. And I say to my strong-willed child, here are my expectations. Here are my boundaries and rules. But within this big box, I will give you some space to do things, to make choices that are different than mine as long as we accomplish the same objective. Mm -hmm. So – that's really interesting because my husband says, you know, I'll talk about his childhood and I think his parents did a great job. But he always says we had we had broad boundaries, but they were very firm. Yes. So there was a lot of freedom within that to go off and do things and play in the bayou and whatever. But when but when you hit this far out reaching boundary, no sir. Like nope. So yes. I think that that's I think that's a really good way to look at it because I'm always wanting to control every tiny interaction with every, the siblings. I mean, controlling everything, everything they say, how they say it. Oh, I, that's me. Yeah. It's not fun yeah. to be around me. I promise. No. And what will happen? And it's not fun to be you, no, right? No. You think that your job is to make sure that every word that they utter is kind yep. and, and, and it's not going to be. When we were kids, I had three brothers. Mm-hmm. So I, you lived my life. Yeah. You got it. Yeah. But we were outside when I called my brother a name and we got in a fight, but then we made up on our own. Yeah. And so, yeah. so this idea of, so in the morning, and, and I, I'm not trying to be funny here, but my only goal is this. I wake my strong-willed child up and I'll give you a couple examples and say, hey, strong-willed child, listen, you like everything to be a challenge. You don't have to say that, but sometimes yeah. I do. Mm-hmm. So bet you can't get dressed underneath your bed, but you can't get dressed in a closet, but you can't get dressed out in a snowstorm, a hailstorm. I don't care. Right, because mm-hmm. I'm just going to be in the basement drinking. Now, <laughs> we don't advocate drinking, but you're going to feel like it, right? If yeah. you're not wanting to punch your child in the face. Yeah, right, to, right, right, right. You're getting, you're going, you're going to other sources. Yes, yes. But then I step back, and 
because my goal for my child is this. The school bus comes at 7.22 a.m. I don't care how you get ready. I don't care what you look like. I don't care what you smell like. I don't care what's in your stomach. I just want you on the school bus at 7.22. And here's the thing with a strong-willed child. We're very much into our health. And so I want him to eat a very good breakfast with good fat and avocados. So his brain is ready to learn, right? So yeah. all the good moms out there, like you're growing your kefir and whatever, all that <laughs> stuff and trying to convince your kids it actually tastes good. But, yes. If, but yes. here's what I want at the end of the morning. At 722, I just want him on that school bus. Right. And with the strong-willed child, the more that you try to control how he gets dressed and what he wears and make sure that he's wearing something clean. Listen, for some of you, I guarantee if you say tonight, hey, Bet you, uh, bet you can't wear the clothes clothes to bed that you're going to wear to school tomorrow. And so many kids will go to bed like that, and they wake up in the morning. You know what they know? I'm done. Yeah, like they're ready, and there's no big fight over it. And so what? So they wear the same hoodie sweatshirt for 19 straight days. Right. It stinks a little bit. Just spray it down with Febreze and let the kids <laughs> move on. And, and let me do the one on food because it is important. Yeah. Listen, if your kids have diabetes, if they have health issues, got it. You've got to be a little bit more on top of it. But the truth is, if a child doesn't eat his breakfast in the morning, whose stomach is that going to affect? Right. His. Right. And at 1022 every morning, his stomach's going to hurt. And so he's going to steal other kids' food because he's very resourceful and you can praise them for that. But eventually, you know, three weeks or three months from now, yeah. they will get up in the morning and say, Mom. My stomach hurts like every morning in third period. And you can say, I know there's a thing called food and breakfast. It's usually available every morning. If you want to partake of it, you're welcome. But you know, the minute you kind of step back, and one of my favorite phrases is, when we step back as parents, it gives our kids space to step up and be responsible for themselves. But that morning when he comes and says, I'm eating breakfast, Now he has just owned his choice Mm -hmm. and you'll never have to bug him the rest of his life because he owned it. Yeah. It's just different with the strong-willed kids because they have to touch that hot stove and they have to learn by touching it and realize, oh, I'm not touching that anymore. I'll put my sister's hand on it, but I'm not touching it. Yeah. And, And so stepping back is really important. I don't care how you do your homework. If you want to do your homework Laying off the sofa upside down, I'm right. great with that. Right. If you want to take the cushions off the sofa and then lay down on it and then put me have the put the cushions on top of you and sit on top of you, do your own work that way. If you want to do it jumping on a trampoline, listening to music, I don't care. I just want you to own it. And and the thing with a strong-willed child is they just have to own it. It just for you, Heather, the hard part is you and I. We like to control things. Yeah. And it's just going to be irritating the way they do things because it's not going to be efficient Yeah, and it's not going to be the right way. Well, what about like, okay, we had, we've had a scenario lately, especially with my five-year-old where he's just shutting down. Okay. Um, he and I were talking, we were at the gym, we were getting on the elevator and because I was talking, I was distracted. So I pushed the button. Heaven forbid I pushed the button. And he didn't get to push the button. So he's mad at me because I should know that that's important to him. And I'm just he and I having a good conversation. I was distracted and I forgot. 
What do well, you take an elevator for at the gym? Well, you go from the parking garage to the gym. I know. It's, yeah, Give exactly. Yeah. So then he's like, won't leave the elevator. The door opens on our floor and he's just stuck in there. And he just puts his feet in the ground and he's like doing his <clears throat> just mad. Right. So I take him by the hand and I pull on There's him. your workout. That's your There's workout. the rest of my workout to get my <laughs> upper body. And so I pull him out and he's just mad. So what do we, or, you know, or you're like it's one little thing sets him off and he just won't do anything. The relationship's been broken for him. And so no longer do I have any say on anything that we're doing or how we're doing it. Is he a really is he a really smart kid? I think I mean, so. I mean, I think all my children are geniuses, but no, I think he's bright. I think he's more introverted. Okay, so he's kind of like the thinker and yeah. things, right? Yes, I think he's an internal processor. So yeah. so here are a couple things. One is um your tone. And this will I think this will be hard with you. Yeah. For for you, because you're you're um you're a teacher, right? And yeah. and you want to give all these life lessons and you're you're an explainer. Yeah. Probably. Yeah. Explaining doesn't work in the moment with those kind of kids. It just right. it just won't. So I was just picturing if I'm in the um elevator with him, my tone goes very even, matter of fact. And so it goes almost like, oh, dude, sorry about that. Hit the button. No, you wanted to do it. But he's going, uh, uh, you know, he starts his thing. I'm yeah. like, seriously, dude, come on, come on. This is a button. Like, I'm not going to, I'm not dismissing it, but I'm also not going to play into it when it's that, because that was a pretty simple thing. Yeah. I mean, if you had punched him in the face, then <laughs> what I mean, it was a button. Right? If there was so, a legitimate cause. Yeah. Well, everything's legitimate, right? Because right. as a woman, you know. Sometimes you get upset over little things. And if your husband says, honey, there's no need to be upset. Right. You're like, really? And there's no need for you to sleep in the bed yeah. with me. <laughs> so, so acknowledge. But love is not easily offended, right? That's what I keep telling. Like, you can't be easily offended. It's now, okay to get. That to your five-year-old? Yeah. Okay, right. stop, stop. <laughs> I, I can get that because I'm 49, almost yeah. 50. Yeah. But that's. That's too I much. Think, I think it's too much of wanting – it's kind of we talked about of wanting so badly for yes. my child to get this lesson yes. instead of letting him own it and being yes. able to say like, hey, Jacob, uh, got it. Got you're frustrated. Yeah. Totally get that you're frustrated. And then – but not – because once you start going into that, oh, honey, you know what? I know. you know, But, you know, love isn't easily – Offended, and he's like, "Seriously, mom, don't be pulling out scriptural principles on me. I'm five <laughs> elevator. It's almost, and, I, and I'm saying this because I really like you, and I want to relieve you yes. of this pressure. But it's almost, it's so trying so hard all Working the time so because hard. you want him at five to learn, you know, when to get upset and when not. And that's not legitimate. But I'm almost not giving it any energy, except that I will acknowledge and say, "Oh, where's my head? What was I thinking?" You're like the master button pusher. So here's what we're going to do on the way down or the way up. Why don't you hit a button? Why don't you hit a couple buttons and we'll actually get off on a floor that we're not supposed to. Right. Or run around. It's that kind of, some of it is a little bit of a, it's tough because you're thinking in the moment, but my tone goes almost like, 
He's starting to get upset and he's making it a big deal and he's creating drama. But I go, no drama. I'm like, dude, you pushed a button, didn't get to push a button. So on the way back, here's what we're going to do. And then almost go with that tone. So you're acknowledging and moving it forward. I'm also getting a moving. And so Mm -hmm. I, I don't know if we mentioned it last time, but one of my favorite phrases is motion changes emotion. Right. So motion or movement. So there I start thinking, okay, when we get off the elevator, what are we going to do? Oh, Jacob, here's the deal. We're going to the gym. I need some help. Yeah. Because there's this, because uh, there's this dumbbell there that I'm having trouble lifting, and I, be- you know, what? I bet you can't lift it when we get there. Now, he may not be able to pick up the weights, but yeah. something to get his focus off of. I'm so upset because you pushed the button. Yeah. You know, if you want to apologize, you can. You just say, ah, you know, I'm sorry about that. Slip my mind. Here's what we do on the way back. But can you? But not you getting. Can, I think what it is is I would my tone, like you were talking about, tone was important because I would get frustrated that he was upset. Yes, and then you get kind of sucked into his drama. Why are you upset about this? I just pushed a button. I'm sorry. Okay, like that tone of like. Oh, that's see, if the you tone. Do that to me. I want to punch you in the face, <laughs> but not really. But do you know what I mean? As a, like, as okay, a get over it. That kind of tone. Yeah. Yes, I will. And this is hard because I know the mom's listening to be like, but I'm just trying to be a good mom. Yeah. And I know you are. Yeah. But it's these kids. There's a, you know, if we can explore this for a minute, because I, the tone thing is really important. Yeah. The tone for me is I'm a neutral observer here. I am a giver of wisdom. Mm-hmm. And I'm not so... I'm not just your mom or dad who needs you to, I don't need you to make a good choice Mm. right now. I want you to, but I'm okay if you don't. And I want you to own, if you want to be upset because you didn't get to push a button, I'm perfectly okay with you being upset. Yeah. And and I have to get to that point where I'm like, I'm okay with you being upset. Listen, if you want to wear that little frown for the rest of the day, and tell the next 18 people we meet that your mom is really mean <laughs> yeah. because she wouldn't let you touch a button. I'm okay with that. Yeah. Because sometimes when you let them own their mood, they get over it more quickly than when you see you're trying to change his mood and how mm-hmm. he's feeling. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I bet you don't like it when your husband tries to do that because sometimes you just sometimes you just need some space yeah. to work through it. Yeah. And so don't yeah. try so hard with that. The the tone for me is I am an I am a neutral observer here and I just want you to know this. You have two choices to make in the more, moment. If you choose to hit and kick and spit and bite and throw things and scream, here's what's going to happen, consequence. And you you're not you're not going to like it. You're you're just not going to like that because you never do. But if you want to make this choice, right? Cuz I could tell that you're really upset right now. But if you want to hit the floor with me and you want to do, you know what? Forget that, you know, before we even get to the gym, let's walk in there and let's look ripped. All right. So let's do this. We get out of this elevator, better yet, right in the middle of this nasty elevator. I bet you can't do 10 pushups with me. Right. And so now you're leading him into your calm place, but you're not even really talking. If you, next time, if you just hit the floor and you're very in shape, so you can do this. Oh, super. No. If okay. you hit the floor and yeah. do a few push-ups, I guarantee one, he's going to look at you like you're a freak, which yeah. is good. <laughs> and two, he'll probably get down on the floor because you'll be like, come on, bet you, bet you can't do 10. Because I want to walk into that gym looking like I've already done my workout. Yeah. It no, I think that's good. I think that's good. And I think one thing I would love to hear some advice on, and I, 
I felt this after I interviewed you last time when I was implementing some of the things and it's already faded. I feel like I need to go back and listen to our last interview is I was implementing the like change in, um, you know, kind of like, I don't care either way. And my kids didn't know what to do. So I felt like there was a little bit of a pushback because they're so used to me running the show. Right. That they didn't know what was going on, that mom doesn't seem to care anymore. Yeah, what happened to mom? She what went happened from- to mom? Have you ever had any moms ask you or talk to you and oh, give you feedback yeah. and be like, okay, what do I do in this transition period? Because my kids are kind of acting out more or they're testing it more and then yeah, I'm falling so- back into the old pattern. So one, that's a good question. So, cause I've had, I've had moms say, my daughter started yelling, mom, yell at me, yell at me. <laughs> yeah. Like, cause she missed the intensity. So mm-hmm. one, I reset expectations. Hey guys, listen, I need to apologize to you for this reason. Out of a good heart and good intentions. I think I've tried to make all your choices for you. I, does it feel like I'm lecturing you and I'm kind of on you all the time and they'll be like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I think inadvertently the message I've sent is you're not capable. So from now on, I'm going to step back because I believe you're capable of stepping up and making good choices. And then you're just going, you know, the first few times, I don't want you just like walking out of the room, like <laughs> whatever, <laughs> but, you know, walk them through and say, guys, you know, let's take it, you know, go with some easy ones first, but say it's two of them are kind of squabbling. You can walk in the room, sit on the floor and say, hey, guys, just want to remind you. You guys have choice. I'm just going to step out of this. If you need my help, come grab me. But I'm going to step out because I believe that you guys are capable of working these situations out on your own. And I just wanted to, I wanted to give you some space with that. Mm. So there can be a little bit of teaching in the moment. I'm a big fan, honestly, of code words in the home. Yeah. Of just, um, this will be a good one for you, Heather, because you have four kids and you like to teach. So mm. a code word of, hey, stepping back. And that's yeah. it. Yeah. And that becomes, you know, for them even, you know, especially the older ones as they get older, would be a very assertive way for your kids to say, instead of saying, Mom, why don't you butt out of your, it's none of your beeswax, why don't you butt out? Because you don't want them, because that's disrespectful. Right. But if they said, hey, Mom, why don't you put your high heels on, right, which means step back, right? Let's yeah. step, Mom, could you step, could you do that step thing? Because yeah. I'd really like to work this out. And so reset it. But here's the other thing that I would add, and maybe you think about this as an opposite. Right now, your intensity, not always yelling, but your intensity of teaching, your tone comes when they do something wrong or they're not handling something well. So here's homework for you for, say, next two days. Just try this. Let your intensity go to when they're making good choices. Mm. When they're doing things well. So, you know, when they get home this afternoon and they actually play well together for like six and a half minutes, you know, g- jump in there like after yeah. five and a half, say, hey guys, you know what's really cool? Yeah. Usually there's blood on the floor by now, <laughs> but you've gone like six and a half minutes like, and, and you, you actually shared for the first time in your life, you know, Joseph. So <laughs> it was awesome. Yeah. I just want to, I just want to see you guys are growing up, you know, I'm going to, um, you know, I'm going to text dad. Because I, I think dad's going to be really impressed when he comes home. Because right. can you imagine, I mean, how, in at least a million homes, and, and some homes, are, you know, there's, this is a mom's thing, but sometimes the dads are the ones who stay at home. And so if you have, uh, there are moms who work, so it's not all, you know, stay-at-home moms, but it's moms at work coming home. But how many times in our homes is it, 
you just wait till dad hears right. about the this. negative. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So freak them out this afternoon and say, you know what? Like, here's a cool one. Walk in the room and say, hey, let's wait till your father hears about this. And they're going to be like, what? <laughs> I'm going to let them know you guys came in. You actually took your shoes off. You actually put your backpack by the door where you're supposed to. And you've been really helpful. And mm-hmm. I just want to know, you to know that show me you, you guys are like growing up. I, yeah. I can't wait to tell dad. And then you walk out of the room. And if you notice, even in that, there wasn't a lot of very overt emotional praise. It wasn't like, guys, you're doing so well. I'm really, really proud of you. Because sometimes the strong-willed kids won't take yeah. really over. It sounds yeah. almost condescending or like, okay. Yeah, they don't believe you. Yeah. What do you want from me now? Yeah. Yeah. They don't so believe you. So it's like a statement of fact. That yeah. was an awesome choice. Proud of you. And then I'm gone. Mm-hmm. And so it's like throwing, it's like planting seeds. And if you notice, I know we have to wrap up, but I, I, I know there's a space issue there. Yeah. I tell them something and then I remove myself. Mm. And, you know, remind me next time if, if we. If yeah, we'll be, there will back. definitely be a next time for sure. Yes. The space thing with a strong will. I'll end on this one. Will yeah. be. No, this will be. We can, tell we have, your kids yeah. to do things. Okay. Here's what I expect you to do. And then remove yourself. Okay. And sometimes it gives them space to go through their disappointment and to do it, but to do it in a little different way than you would have done it without you being kind of on their back, if that makes sense. So like if you ask them, okay, I need you guys to, okay, dinner's over. My husband usually does the dishes and you say, hey guys, I need you to bring the dishes to the sink and I need you to, you know, wipe up down the table on the floor. And the one who gets the table on the floor is like, oh man, I don't want to. That's fine. He can do all those emotions. You just give them the space that they just. I give them a little bit of space. And we can explore that more because I know a lot of Christian parents will freak over that. No, they should be willing all the time. But if I'll just throw this out there. Read. I think it's Matthew 21, but it's the parable of the two sons. The father says, go into the vineyard and do the work. Yeah. The one with a bad attitude that was like, I'm not going to do it because vineyard work's stupid. Right. But he ends up actually doing it. Yes. So there's a cool, there's a cool yes. thing to kind of meditate on for the next yeah. few weeks of it's what he did, but his attitude wasn't good. Just like when God said, Moses, go lead my people. He was yeah. like, yeah, but I'm not a good speaker. Yeah. yeah. Right. There's I little bit of, yeah. So when I remove myself again, I don't care how you get it done. You don't even have to have a good attitude. You yeah. I just want, I just want the floor swept. Yeah. yeah. So anyway, but it's really hard. Well, and I really do think my husband is so good at all the things you're saying. Whereas I struggle greatly. So I'm You made I'm a good choice. I made a good choice and I'm thankful <laughs> for that. I need to follow his lead a lot more on this. Um, but yeah. Well, he so what, also doesn't have to be home with four of them doing yeah. all the stuff that you do. And that does make it easier. Yeah. So kudos well, to moms out there. Well, I, I appreciate you. Is there any one last tip with the strong willed kids that you have that you didn't get to share? Boarding you- school. <laughs> really helpful. Um, <laughs> Are you, you know kidding that, or serious? No, I'm kidding. Okay. No, here's a great. I, where do I sign up for that? I'll give no. you a quick one, and and I'm going to do a quick plug for me. Okay. If good. if you want to find our stuff at celebratecalm.com, we've got a free newsletter. We've got an 888-506-1871. You'll talk to my brother, who's got two strong will. He's got a toddler and a teen, and he has special needs. So if you ever need help, just call us. We're very real people and we travel all over the country. So, and if you ever come see me at an event, cause I had this Heather, a mom came up, she said, I heard you on Heather's podcast. So it's really kind of nice awesome. to make that Good. connection. 
But um, last tip would be, instead of interrogating your kids, mm-hmm. right? Like, explain to me why you were doing that. Oh, yeah. Because uh, yeah. the only answer is, um, I'm an idiot and <laughs> I like losing all my stuff, right? So <laughs> I a don't good know. Phrase, I don't know. I my brother did it. So a great phrase is, I'm curious. You know what? I'm curious. I, I'm not mad at you because, I, you know, you mess up, I mess up, got it. I'm really curious because I really want to understand what you were thinking, like what were you thinking about, like why you did that. And it's more of a, I want to understand your brain because sometimes our kids do bad stuff, mm-hmm. but their intentions aren't bad. They're kind of like little leave it the beaver kids. You know right. what I mean? Right, right, right. They're I just, have one of those. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Really so a good hearted guy, but constantly making yeah. bad decisions. Yes. I'm curious is yeah. a really neat, uh, it gives you a different tone of voice to when you use it. And um, it, it just takes some of that defensiveness out. So. Because you're not – I know that in your teaching in, a, in Celebrate Calm, you're not telling people to be so hands-off that they're not training their children. You're just allowing uh, them to be active participants in the training yeah, versus like a hands-down do what I say because I say – I don't want to provoke kids. And and we miss that one in scripture of like, do not provoke your children. And I think constant lecturing and being on your kids just provokes them because they're like, give me some space. I just, I need to work this out myself a little bit. Yeah. But again, within those, is your husband's example, within those thick, very firm boundaries, but lots of space in between those boundaries. To make mistakes while they're still. Yep. Yep, under your care. Yep, absolutely. I love that. I love that. I'm curious. I love um, the neutral observer and the stepping back and the ownership. I think you've gotten, given everyone some good active tips, practical things, things to say, things to do. You helped me a lot with my journey. My journey. I need serious help. Um, awesome. Thank you, Heather. I appreciate it. It's so awesome. And we'll definitely have you back, Kirk. Okay. All right. Have a good day. Okay, you too. Bye-bye. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the God-Centered Mom podcast. If you're looking for more resources on how to replace me with he, go to godcenteredmom.com. That's where you'll also find show notes with any links mentioned by our guest. I want you to really understand and know that God is just as present while you are washing dishes at your kitchen sink, as while you are worshiping him in a church pew. He sees your service to your family, and he is pleased. As it says in Zephaniah 3.17, The Lord your God is with you. He is mighty to save. He takes great delight in you. He will quiet you with his love, and he will rejoice over you with singing. Have a great day.